station on radioharrow.org and on your smart speaker, recorded from a secret bunker in Ealing Broadway. This is a review. Yes, hello there, everybody. This is David Stone, and this is a review. This show, what do we do? Well, I'll tell you what we do. What a poet, what an absolute... Anyway, what do we do? On this review, we watch the telly, basically. We watch the telly and then review the shows in forensic detail, as it turned out. Now, you may be wondering where my brother Ian Stone is at the top of this show. Well, I'll tell you where he is. He's not here. In fact, for all the shows we've recorded, he hasn't been here because he's been in his own home, just like I've been recording here from my palatial studios in Ealing Broadway. He has been recording from his somewhat palatial studios in Golders Green as well. We do it remotely, as have all the shows been on Radio Arrow since, goodness me, early March now, mid early to mid-March, I'd say. Anyway, so why is he not here? Because we're going to do part two of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace tonight. Now, if you listen to part one, you'll have realised that it was a very long review because for some reason on things I absolutely despise, apparently we have to go through them in forensic detail. And so we did. To be fair, I think it made for our best review yet, but it did mean that it overran and so we had to separate it into two shows. So in a few moments, you are about to hear my dulcet tones again, David Stone, but on a different day, also recording with my brother, Ian Stone, whose voice you will hear at the end of a line. Now, before we get started, I'm just going to set the scene for you again. Now, we've done... We've done quite a lot of the film so far, but I think we only got about halfway in part one in the end. So just to recap what we have reviewed, we've done... The nonsense where they're doing trade negotiations in a ship or not so trade negotiations. We've had boring action scenes. We've had boring talking scenes. We've got all the way to the pod races there. And I believe in part one, we just got to the stage where we were about to start the big battling scenes, basically, between the evil Federation and uh, Queen Amidala and, you know, Natalie, Natalie Portman and all of her, her weird minions. Now, I'm just going to remind you once more quickly about how boring this film was before I get started. Now, our show isn't going to be boring. Our show is going to be mega exciting, I promise you, when you hear part two. But I just wanted to read out the uh, opening blurb again to remind people of what got me so worked up in the first place i'm going to set the scene for you so you can really get in really get into part two of our review of star wars the phantom menace okay here we go a long time ago in a galaxy far far away Star Wars, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. 
While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope you enjoy this. Here comes myself, David Stone, and Ian Stone, part two of our review of Star Wars, episode one, The Phantom Menace. So this film has decided at this point that we've had a good 40 minutes of solid action between <laughs> the <laughs> shopping for, for, for vehicle repair parts to the enthralling pod race and the 25 second, if that, lightsaber duel. So now we have to go to Coruscant where we will talk about our problems like grown-ups. Still none the wiser. And this film does an amazing thing. So, in the original <laughs> trilogy, you hear that the Jedi are these incredible warriors, wise, you know, <laughs> you know they are the, 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 the guardians of peace and, and the galaxy, and, and they're fantastic warriors. Episode 1 decides, yes, they are, but they are also really bloody boring. They are the most boring people in this film. Such Yoda. killjoys as well. Yoda? Absolute killjoys. Yeah. You remember Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back? How he's like, you know, he's a funny little <laughs> little creature. He yeah. likes a bit of a joke. You know, he gets a little torch and shines it in Luke Skywalker's eye and has little fights with R2-D2. You know, it's quite cute. In this, in this film, he's solemn and he does not like Anakin Skywalker and he will not be a Jedi because Ian, he, he is too old and <laughs> is scared. Yeah, um... At this at this point in the film, I'm just making the exposition How? myself and coming up with my <clears throat> own plot. But what I what I came to conclude was that Yoda and the whole the, the, the Jedi Council, whatever the Jedi movement, they've realised their mistakes in not letting you express your feelings in becoming a Jedi. In the in the original films, that's why Darth Vader became evil and started blowing up, literally exploding planets because. The Jedi were too strict one way. And that's what the balance <laughs> to the force is. Yeah, murdering children later on. Yeah, as well he does. Yeah. So that's that's the plot point I made for myself. That's what I assumed happened. It would have been nice if they told us this in any way, unless it was the most brilliant piece of subtle movie making I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go into another round. At least... <laughs> go on, go on, get, okay. finish well, your well, point. At least and then I'm you and McGregor has a bit of sass. And also, how can you cast you take samuel l jackson a mere is it four years removed from pulp fiction and cast him as a boring solemn old man who is just doesn't like uh anakin skywalker it's baffling okay so next uh next rant coming right so you 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 highlighted the fact that we get some more lovely boring talking and politics and stuff. It was at this point in the film yeah. that I noted what a terrible leader the Queen is of our, is of her people. Like, when they were quite getting 
obviously getting attacked, the Nazis invaded. Like, she didn't stick around to find out why this has happened or find out any more information, as far as I can tell. And she just leaves, just leaves, leaves the people to die. She's then finding out that people are dying on her planet while she's... She needs to plead her case. Yes, fine. She the needs Senate. to plead her ha case. David, 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 this is the Vi Weimar Republic in space. That's the point. Yes, okay, great. So Republic. she's meant she's meant to be a bad leader. Fine, great. But she is terrible. <laughs> she, she is terrible. I don't think like, she she's... is. I think she's supposed to be a good leader, isn't she? Like the bad leader really? is supposed to be the, the bureaucrats. No, That's what I, she, she she's supposed to be noble. Fine, fine. But she's terrible. She's so impressionable. Any, everything that this Emperor Palpatine <clears throat> says, who, by the way, spoiler alert, is so obviously evil and is so obviously the guy under the hood in all of those other scenes to the Trade Federation people. Like, he's so also, obviously bad and no one clocks it despite the way he's talking. Like, first of all, so she's an idiot for that reason, right? <laughs> Second of all, she just takes all of his suggestions. They don't discuss it or debate it or anything. She's just like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea, Ian McDermott. We'll do that. Fantastic. Great. Okay, we'll do that. We also we get the cameo from Terence Stamp. What a waste of a great actor, by the way, Terence Stamp, in this, playing the bumbling, the bumbling, whatever he's meant to be, emperor at this point. Chancellor, Chancellor of Germany. Ch I mean, the Galactic Republic. Yeah, Ch Chancellor of the Weimar <laughs> Republic. Yeah. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste of Terence Stamp. Okay. I will say, you sounds like you're buying into the incredibly well-written political um, intrigue of this film. <laughs> yeah, sure. You seem Great. to be. Um, I'm a bit confused as to... So it is implied, obviously, that Palpatine is orchestrating all of this, because yes. that is what he's doing. Um, it's very unclear to me what his actual end goal is. Like, did he intention... Did he... Ex did, because it's also implied that he was the one or him or his master or whoever was the one who kind of created Anakin through manipulating the force or whatever. So are we to believe that he intended for them to like fly to this random planet? And like, how did, how could he possibly have orchestrated that? No, like, Ian, their... no it, because it... we've already learned from what they've told us from the very start of the film, which is everything in this film happens by dumb luck. Every single yeah. major plot point of this film is dumb luck. So it just all perfectly fell into place for, for <clears throat> Ian McDermott, as I'm now going to, because that's the actor, or Emperor Palpatine, slash Darth Sidious, slash yeah. whatever you want to call it. It all perfectly falls into place. Liam Neeson literally delivers Anakin Skywalker to him on a silver platter. Perfect. We've got our Sith Lord in place. Brilliant. <laughs> so... um so basically, Ian McDermott, uh, Chancellor Palpatine, becomes the Supreme that how you say Chancellor. it? Have I just said his name twice wrong? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea how to say his name. He's he's very hammy, but you know, it kind of actually fits. He doesn't get much to do in this film, but um, he becomes Chancellor, and they decide uh, the Queen Amidala or Queen Am Amidala's decoy, speaking on behalf of Queen Amidala. Oh yeah, she's decides... she's magically turned into Queen Am uh, Kira Knightley. Again, there are also some great lines amongst this general piece of the film as well, such as Anakin going, I was wondering, what are midi-chlorians? And that was, that, that was actually said by me better than Anakin. This is also the point in the film where I've mentioned it before, that I mentioned Natalie Portman's acting during this film. This is the way she talks when she is in makeup 
for some reason. She cannot be normal. Anyway, go on. And yes, she's magically turned into Kira Knightley again, the Queen, at some point, amongst all this nonsense. So they return return to Naboo um, to fight this war, apparently. Halfway through the film. They're fighting the the war now. So, okay, cool, groovy. They um, decide to enlist the help of the Gungans because Jar Jar Binks, whilst talking to... um, Was it the decoy or... Natalie Foreman, I can't remember. Um, basically, tells them that oh, the Gungans are great fighters. Wink, wink. Um, spoiler alert: he's lying. Their army is terrible. Um, <laughs> like everything else, their victory is by pure dumb luck. They yeah. um, they perform multiple homers, as in um, as in from the Simpsons episode where they succeed despite idiocy. So we get to we get back. We're, we're, we're reaching the end now. Oh yes, so, we're also we're, um, we're also um, we're going towards the battle, right? So I, I I did have something to say about this actually. Okay, yeah, so exactly. Okay, so take it away. As we said, I've said it twice already, but Kira Knightley is magically the queen now again. Okay, she's talking. She's doing quite well, by the way. She's doing quite well talking to these Gungans. Natalie Portman just does not have time for this apparently. She's like, right? She said enough. She said three lines. I'm going to do the talking now. Actually, hello, I am Queen Amidala. This is the point where suddenly Natalie Portman, out of makeup, is now talking like Natalie Portman in makeup. So, as I said before, her acting was okay outside of the makeup, but in the makeup, it was suddenly, I am Queen Amidala. How could we possibly talk? Now, all of a sudden, now she's revealed herself as a queen. Now I am talking like this again. Despite the fact I am not in my strange robes and costumes. Don't know why, but she has. Okay, great. So she's doing that. Okay. So she very easily convinces the Gungans, Brian Blessed, to make his army the sacrificial lambs in this plan. Like, because let's face it, they just they just throw they throw these guys to the walls. It's like, we're gonna sneak (laughs) in. You're a distraction. She they literally say we're gonna use them as a distraction tactic. The real plan, the real battle is gonna go and happen inside the city. But we're just gonna send these poor people, these poor like all of a sudden I did have some some like racial undertones of this. I'm like, oh my God, these these people are evil. Like they're just sending <laughs> sending these poor lambs to slaughter for goodness sake. Like Oh just, anyway. Right, so she sends them like her genius plan by the way is to take a group of about four people into a heavily guarded building. <laughs> right? She's like, Oh that'll work. Yeah. And of course, as is the want of this film, by dumb luck, it does work because that is the as we yeah. made as we pointed out, all, it's the main thing all, you're all, meant to take away from this film. All of the battles and results in this happen uh, uh, by dumb luck. Um, there was some great acting from Nasty Portman during the scene, especially when she says, "I'm asking you, no, I'm begging you." Yeah, exactly. And, she turns uh, into Brian Bettard is very pleased by this. Yeah. So um, agrees agrees to go along with this crazy plan. But yeah, I'll then, send all my people I mean, to death. I was feeling, I, I was feeling sympathy for him until he appointed Jar Jar Binks as the general. It's like <laughs> you people probably deserve to die at this point because why You've would not you got a clue. Um, yeah. appoint that incompetent? For, he's not he's not done anything. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I also will say to this, it's fact, because it's because is, Brian Blessed knows Ian. He knows that everything has been dumb luck up until this point. So if he appoints. 
Jar Jar Binks as a general of all things. The guy, by the way, who he banished from his entire civilization just for being clumsy. But now this guy who was clumsy, you've made a general, makes no sense, right? Okay, what was my original point? I I don't know anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So the plan is... (laughs) Phase one of the plan is send the Gungans to die against in the battle to distract the uh, Trade Federation. Then a small team will infiltrate the palace and uh, capture the Viceroy and force him to sign a new treaty. Brilliant. Meanwhile, um, they have they stumble upon some pilots somehow who then fly the spacecraft to destroy the Trade Federation uh, droid command ship. That's never explained to me, by the way. By the way, that's never explained at all. Suddenly, uh, suddenly Anakin Skywalker at some point is in this ship on autopilot heading towards a ship where they're basically controlling the battle never explained yeah, to you it's, the only it's, it's, it's a poor battle the only yeah and the again only, they win the, by complete luck as well yeah the only reason we know that they're controlling the battle from this is a few simple cutaways and also the fact that we get a great line from Darth Sidious which is possibly the most terrible bit of scripting I've ever read in my life where he goes wipe them out all of them like oh that's my I forgot about that line. What? Like, does he use it again what? as well? It's completely what? redundant. What? Why did you say all of them? That is the definition of wiping out. It means you wipe them out. You wipe the slate clean. Why did you need to say all of them at the end? What kind of idiot well, writes a line like that into a script of a blockbuster movie? <laughs> oh, God. I'm angry. Apparently, I need to check a quick emergency in the kitchen, so I'll be right back. Oh, this is a review, 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 review. This is a review, 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 review. Right, so Ian, you are back. Your emergency is sorted. We decompressed <laughs> a little, so All right. continue where you left down off. Now. No, <laughs> but at the so we kind of had the plan. Yeah. The, so, the, sooner, the sooner you get this over with, then I'll be fine. So I'll be honest, this battle, to me, um, Darth Maul, lightsaber duel aside, which is the only good thing about the movie, um, this battle Literally is more to me yeah. <laughs> than <laughs> the Ewoks taking down the Empire in The Return of the Jedi. This is This is more unbelievable. So... The Gungans are throwing energy balls at um, the droids, who are still terrible at their job. You know, the droids. Jar Jar somehow survives this. I've no idea how. I can only assume this was Qui Gon's last ditch attempt to get rid of him. Um, he failed. Jar Jar Binks is a war hero now, apparently, because he can clumsily, flukily take things out. I don't know. Very yeah. bizarre. Um, Anakin Skywalker, so that so there is for some reason with them in the like kind of um Navy SEALs um you know uh strike team squad they're trying to get to um try and get to the uh, the Viceroy to capture him. Uh and they put him he 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 uh hides in a yeah like fighter ship um and saves them by killing some droid cars. Good job that 
lucky thing happened because otherwise Natalie Portman and Co would have been I just realised like you just mentioned the droid the cars one of the best mo- lines of the movie at the very start of the film was they'll never Where stop the droid yeah, oh. <laughs> they're no match for Just droid the cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, they went a bit German actually. Yeah, a bit um, German, Russian, something. Why? Why did they intersperse all this battling? Why did they make this mess? If you'd have just had the lightsaber battle, I would have been happy. But why do we have to have this rubbish? Well, fight like it's a convoluted plan. Fight. Yeah, it's a stupid convoluted fact. So we've got the sacrificial lambs are watching. We've got the team of yeah. four or five. Who are gonna yeah. take over the universe and do the real plan? Yeah. Got the Jedi. This, this preposterous fighting. battle plan, yeah. And of um, course, as is the theme of this show or this film, I should say, with our show as well, everything happens by accident, as we said, yeah. even down to the very final battle. And it's not just, oh, it's not just the Gungans winning due to Jar Jar Binks's stupidity. It's also Anakin accidentally getting in the ship and sitting in an autopilot and somehow breaking their defense and getting inside the ship to do yeah. some sort of ludicrous callback to the very first Star Wars with Luke shooting the thing in the... I'm exhausted. Yeah, proton. I'm exhausted. Go on. I mean, he, he, he has some amazing flying ability and he clearly knows what he's doing Like when he says, maybe I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Oh yeah. my God. Apparently. Yeah. Great. Uh, This Um, child, this child, when he's in a battle, he has... I've literally written that line as well, by the way. Another one of the great bits of acting that he does. Like, this child does not care that he is in this life-threatening battle. Instead, he's, like... He could get shot by a laser at any moment. Instead, he's doing bloody whirly-go-rounds in his ship whilst he's waiting for this. This child. Yeah. There's no tension in any of these scenes either. It's like I don't really. Well, I was care. tense. Um, at one, at one point, um, Captain Panaka, aka the guy from Holby City, um, shoots <laughs> out a window, but he does it really over enthusiastically. He like fires like six or seven shots. It's like two would have done. Uh, Waste. Captain Holby City man. Um, and they eventually apprehend the viceroy. Blah blah blah. No one cares. The hey. the the lightsaber duel is good. Um, and very well choreographed, um, <clears throat> thanks to the guy who played Darth Maul, who who actually played the you know the Darth Maul himself. Where who didn't where, do voice. Um, where are they meant to be during this lightsaber battle? Because I've put what a strange building this is. There's some like the battle's cool and all that, but they're going through this like thing where these red blockade laser things are blocking them off yeah. from from one another. Um, another, a mother. Like, what is this building meant to do, and who designed it? Because it's bonkers. It serves no purpose other than a cool lightsaber battle. That must have been the it's only like reason. A... Like, they thought one day the architect was like, one day a big lightsaber battle is going to happen in this building, so we better make it cool and do lots of jumpy things and put lasers <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. And and at which point, when they get to this bit <laughs> where they're blocked off for a few seconds by these lasers, I think basically just so they can get all of the other battle stuff from the other scenes over and done with, if they did this, basically. Um, yeah. So but it also adds tension to the um, to lightsaber. Fine. Because, yeah. So um, it's great. It's great. Sure. So uh, Darth Maul yeah. sort of pacing Obi Wan. Obi Wan's Ewan McGregor's looking on gormously, and Qui Gon's takes the time to have a little bit of a breather, have a little nice sit down and a, and a meditate. He doesn't meditate. Yeah, he just does some meditating, which is actually... He's a wise Jedi master. 
Yeah, sure. <clears throat> sure. Um, and then, of course, um, Obi-Wan can't quite get to the other side in time, so it's just Qui-Gon and, and Darth Maul. And uh, Darth Maul... Um, so cool. So it's kind cool. of an even fight, but Darth Maul is quite cool, yeah, and it rhymes. Um, and obviously you can kind of tell that Darth Maul's a cheeky little cheater because he, like, basically whacks him in the face with the hilt of his um, yep. lightsaber so he can... Double-bladed lightsaber so he can <clears throat> stab poor Qui-Gon. Um, and then we kind of have Obi-Wan yeah, but... waiting to get back out as uh, it's, it's been well established. up and down. It's been well established that cheating is fine in this movie. Did you not watch the Bulba? I mean, we've, we've spoken at length earlier well, on. True. We spoke at length about how how Sebulba's one <laughs> one mission in life is just to cheat as much as he possibly can. Like he can't just win a race. No, he's just got to like it's got <laughs> like literally. Okay, going back to that race, right? <laughs> he would have won that race so easily. <laughs> he would have won that race so easily if he hadn't decided to go on a killing spree midway through. Right? Anakin would have had no chance in hell because Anakin had mechanical problems for the whole race. Anakin won that race because Sabolba was so desperate. He's such a sadistic. He's such a he's such a sociopath that he has to murder his way to victory. He can't just race. He was quite clearly the best, fastest racer, but he had to murder his way to victory. Anyway, yeah. so cheating. Cheating is fine in this film. So Darth yep. Maul hitting Qui-Gon with his hilt. Like, no problem there. Hit him with his hilt, stabbed him right through the stomach. Fine. No blood, yeah. by the way. Qui-Gon had surprisingly little blood. Is that the midi-chlorians? So, that's just, I mean, in, in Star Wars terms, I think generally the idea is that their wounds uh, cauterize as, because of the, the sure. lightsabers are hot. But yeah, that's the geek answer. The The real answer is um, they can't have too much blood in cuts because they need to sell all this stuff to children. But they do that straight away, do they? So Darth Maul gets chopped in half and he's immediately, like, I get it's hot, but I don't think that's how that works. Like, I don't think <laughs> you get sliced through the middle and it reasonably, immediately seals over. Like, and Darth well, Maul just fell in two perfect pieces. Like, nothing yeah. dripping out. Not just, like, any seeps of little blood dripping out. Just two perfect, beautiful little pieces. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. So, um, after Anakin Skywalker, by complete fluke, destroys the uh, droid generator ship, all the whatever droids die, or whatever. So, the Gungans win by default, because they've been captured by that point. Um Vice uh, Newt Gumray gets captured and has to sign a treaty or whatever. Um, Fine. And then Obi Wan finally has his final climactic one-on-one fight with Darth Maul. He's energized, but then Darth Maul gets the upper hand. He uses his feelings. This is where I had to make some more subtext for myself. Like, actually, Obi Wan is is foresight here because he's got a little bit of anger in it because Darth Maul's just stabbed him through the stomach. I'm all, making this up all in my own head, but this is the explanation I've given myself. So I think this he is an I think early, that probably makes he, sense. He though. is an early hint that actually if you embrace your feelings somewhat, then the Sith can never win, basically. The balance can be brought to the Force, which, you know, I guess yeah, would be a cool point. He didn't... But what actually... So he kind of lets his emotions overtake him, and then that's how Darth Maul kind of gets the upper hand on him. But it's when true, he kind true. of calms down and focuses, that's how he uh, manages to have the the presence of mind to draw, um, to to leap up out of the bottomless pit or whatever, um, and grab um, 
the bottomless Qui-Gon's pit. lightsaber and chop and chop Darth Maul in half. That's getting like, rid of like the best character in this film, and it's like, well, the best character, be others. the best Sorry. character in every single film. Yeah, that pit, another piece of design genius. Who designs a building with a giant pit in the middle? <laughs> Just like, what? What uh, was the purpose of this building? Um, Seriously, what was the purpose? Could have been like an exhaust funnel or something. I don't know. Uh, Yep, so... And that's basically the film, so... Um, well, no, let's, let's, tackle, after... let's tackle the ending scenes because there's, there's, there's some there's some top-quality stuff after this. We get, okay. the, we get the ceremonial burning <laughs> of Quiodon, uh, Quiagon, of Liam Neeson. He's gone. Yeah, it's that's just a shame. Agent. He's got... Yeah, like... and Poor then Qui-Gon. Uh, Anakin is so upset, but he decides now, during this funeral, it's the perfect time to ask Obi-Wan... What happens to me now? Like, oh, why yeah. do you have to ask him during, like, just cry. Just, like, look at your, this guy literally saved you from slavery. And, like, you just, you know, you're not even showing a hint of emotion. No appreciation. No, no appreciation. And, and also, he, poor Obi-Wan's now, like... master, a mentor, he's probably known since he was, like, <laughs> 10 years old or something. You know, who we watched die in front of him, you know, you'd think Obi-Wan would be a bit sad. But they are Jedi and they are emotionless, I guess. Yeah, they are. Fine, whatever. So Obi Wan gets Anakin's to train been, Anakin. Yeah. Great. Um, they have a ceremony at the end where uh, Boss Nass, aka Brian Blessed. Wait, wait, wait for it, 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 wait for it. Okay. <laughs> We've got to make this epic, Ian. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> actually, no. So I just no. Actually, go for it. Sorry, I interrupted. I just noted that Anakin had a haircut to look like Obi Wan, but that's by the by. Well, that's because he's a Padawan now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a whatever. standard haircut. So then, yes. I think that's established. And then they have a ceremony. And yes. Natalie Portman ha- holds Brian Blessed's CGI avatar, a giant orb to lift. Much like when <laughs> Donald Trump went to Saudi Arabia and touched the giant orb. <laughs> <laughs> or as, as, I, as I called it, uh, or as I wrote in my notes, Natalie Portman... <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman <laughs> hands Brian Blessed the glowing ball of peace. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Wait. the end of the movie. No, no, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the glowing ball of peace, or as I wrote in big capitals, or is it? <laughs> Roll and oh, sequence. Oh, because they were talking about the Sith. Yeah, oh. there's always two. Which one, oh. what, which one was destroyed? The Master of the Apprentice, and it cuts to obviously evil Chancellor Palpatine. Oh my God! Right. What so, a movie, huh? That was an experience. Right. Uh, let's take a break, and we will. Yeah, we'll do our final thoughts on Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. After this, on this is a review. This. This. This is a review. Okay, and we are back on This is a Review. We have finally, finally just about wrapped up reviewing what was possibly the longest, longest, longest couple of hours of my life. The Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, on This is a Review. 
Uh, so so. The, the glowing ball of peace has been handed over. We are ready now to have our final thoughts. And actually, just just before we give it a general rating, whatever, on our new rating system, which I'm dying to hear oh. about. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I'm desperate to hear about. We've got desperate. to talk about the fact that we thought young Anakin Skywalker, his life... He couldn't be any more wooden. He couldn't get any more annoying. He couldn't get any more <laughs> of an unlikable character. But Ian, in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, he is about to turn into Hayden Christensen. <laughs> that is true. And just you wait until you watch Star Wars oh, Episode 2. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to need like a was... fortnight. <laughs> It will be worth it. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, should I just get into my thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, go on. to my initial parameters. And my initial parameters were like, my, the main thing was like, I was thinking, how do these films, and how does this film stand up in hindsight? Now I've revisited it. What do I think of it now in 2020 compared to when I first watched it in whenever it was, 1999, 2000, whatever. This is actually worse than I remembered. It's oh, longer. It's more boring. The acting and the dialogue is far more wooden and awful. Jar Jar Binks is somehow even more annoying. Hayden, uh, not Hayden Christensen, sorry. Um, Anakin Skywalker is even more obnoxious and irritating. This film lacks a protagonist. Who is the protagonist of this film? I guess it's maybe Qui-Gon, but is it? Is it Anakin? Maybe? Is it Padme? I have no idea. Obi-Wan? Not really. The answer it is... Doesn't... The answer is... Nobody. And who? No, actually, the answer <laughs> is... Who cares? After watching this film for what seems like an eternity, it's boring, boring talk of politics, the you know... boring, long conversations, the boring, long action scenes... When has that ever happened in a movie? When have the action scenes been so boring and long? Literally, I think so, at times the action scenes were more boring than the talking. Possibly the most boring, the most dull, dreary pieces of dialogue I've ever watched in a movie whatsoever. And it was outdone by the action scenes of all things in this movie. It feels like there was a lot of boring dialogue and it accomplished nothing like nothing really mattered by the I end i still have no idea what I... the film's about <laughs> apart from it's... the origin of anakin it's a bit of a hodgepodge of a mess of different things and there's all of the standard kind of complaints that geeky star wars fans kind of level at it so like jar jar binks is annoying okay whatever lots of decent films have annoying side characters um like if this film was well written if 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 there wasn't so much, as you say, boring political nonsense, um, I don't think the fact that Jar Jar Binks and Anakin Skywalker are irritating characters would detract as much as they do. But they do because they're just the cherry on top of the... I, I, I think it's underestimated, as you say, how long and boring this film is and how its only saving grace is Darth Maul and he's in it for like 10 minutes at most. Three scenes, in a, yeah. Yeah, in like a two-hour, ten-minute-long movie, um, 
Well, and I'm also trying to put this in the context of its release as well. So before this came out, everyone loved, well, everyone thought Star Wars was great and everyone thought George Lucas was great. And the fans and the fanfare and, and the anticipation of this film was ridiculous. And I can, I'm just trying to imagine like how you would have reacted, how I would have reacted if I was kind of older in, in that situation to this film. Like imagine you are a big film of the original trilogy and you're, you've been waiting so long for another film and your your expectations are so high and then you're delivered with this just long, boring, turgid movie. Um, I think that's what makes... It's, it's almost like the disappointment of it in that context makes it all the worse. I, um, I am going to shock you now. Okay. Going back to Jar Jar Binks and Anakin Skywalker being annoying. Yeah. Yes, they were incredibly annoying. They were the worst. <laughs> But do you know what? I don't know if I found them any more annoying this time around than I did when I was a child. Okay. No, and I don't I, think I did either. To be I fair. do not I... think they are the worst thing about this movie. They're not. Like, as you said, they are not the worst thing about the movie. The 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 thing that is so. I mean, oh, there's so much. I mean, we've been through hours of it. We you've listened to it all out there in the universe. <laughs> but the thing about this movie is that it starts off. On the worst foot, it starts off boring and it continues to be boring. And at not one time is there any sort of excitement. It's because none of the action relates in any way to whatever kind of bizarre plot points they're trying to make. None of the action relates to it. <laughs> it's just, it's well. just, it's, it's just, it's like, it's like watching the talking scenes are like watching your, I don't know watching your teachers talk about what they're going to do at the weekend in the staff room. Okay. It's, it's that dull. Right. And that's forever today. I couldn't care less about what is said in the, the talking segments. I, it's so boring, but I tuned out halfway through and it makes no sense. So you can't be remotely gripped by it whatsoever because none of it makes any sense whatsoever. The action scenes are just action scenes and they go on for too long and the talking goes on for too long. Everything about this film just went on for too long. And it would be fine if it went for a little bit too long and it made sense, but it made no sense whatsoever. This was just a long movie that led to nothing. I had no idea, I had no idea what was going to happen before it because before I watched it, like when I was 10, I had no idea. And... Now we've reviewed it, I still have no idea what that film was about. I have no idea what it set out to achieve. <laughs> and ultimately, it didn't achieve anything, did it? It just achieved... Well, it did achieve something. It achieved this. This is a review. It achieved this show. It achieved me getting angrier than I've been in a long time. Ang oh, ang angry at something <laughs> third party other than myself. I've... I get angry at myself more than anything. But my God, I don't think anything has made me this angry in a... In a long, <laughs> long, long time. So what's it achieved? It, all it's achieved is just raising my blood pressure, quite frankly. Absolute, absolute trash. <laughs> 200, <laughs> 5,000 okay. degree trash. Absolute bottom of the barrel. Abs oh, trash. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least you got it out of your system. I think more oh, than anything, it's, it's never going to leave. 
it it could have been there could have there presumably could have been a good story to be told here, but not in this movie. This. Shall oh. I introduce you to my Tiger King themed rating system, which I spent by me two weeks figuring out. Yes, I am. Yeah, it took us a long time. We 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 said we wanted to do a Tiger King based so, rating system, so we we set upon so ourselves. Here is, Go on. So here is the thing. I can do one of two things. I can reveal to you my rating of this film on the Tiger King scale and not reveal what the other elements of the Tiger King scale are. Yeah. Or I can just tell you what the scale is and then tell you where this fits into it. Which uh, would you prefer? Reveal what this is first and then tell me the scale. Okay, so you still want me you do want me to tell you the scale. Okay. No, tell me yeah, Fine. tell me the scale but after after you've told me what this is on the yeah. scale. Because because the other way would be trying to get to a film that or a tv show that is worth say five stars before finding out what five stars is but you'd rather just know okay that's fine so this film gets my two star equivalent which is don lewis's lawyer unpicking power of attorney documents that is to say very long tedious <laughs> boring ultimately complete nuts waste of time <laughs> perfect 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 on <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm actually. I mean, are you in agreement I, with that rating? Well, I, I'm in agreement with the way you described it on the rating scale, but it's absolute bottom, like minus minus that. If if there's anything would, that would, would be below go... zero on our scale, then that's what this would really? be. Really? Yeah. Because you do know what Star Wars film is coming next, and well, yeah, it's got to get the same rating. For my views on that. Well, it's going to get oh, the, no. either, either the same rating or it's going to get even worse. So, fine. I can go as far below I... zero as, <laughs> as as is needed, Ian. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, right. it doesn't matter. My, so tell, tell my scale, scale only goes up to five. Okay. So, uh, should I go from one to five? So, one star is very simple. It's Joe Exotic and Jeff Lowe. They are one star. Yeah. Two star is, as we just said. And and this is because I generally find films that give two stars aren't necessarily bad. Also, like that that one star it gets is all from um, Darth Maul. It would have been one star otherwise, no no question. Darth Maul elevates it up a whole star. Right. And and the double light is a fable of battle. I think in the cold light of day, you, you might agree with me. Maybe for you it brings it up to zero. I don't know. Right. Um, three stars. John Reinker's cool legs. Three stars. Pretty good. <laughs> Fine. They're pretty cool. Fine. Three stars. Four stars. This is where you get into the good stuff. This is this is great. This is not Hall of Fame great, but it's great. Solidly great. Right, cool. John Finley's shiny new pearly white teeth. Four star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah <very> <laughs> Number five. You cannot possibly best this. This is moi. Creme <laughs> de la creme. This is free Michelin star restaurant. This is a five-star hotel. This is staying in, in the fanciest, you know, driving the fanciest, fastest Ferrari in the world. Right. Five star. James Garretson <laughs> riding a <the> jet ski. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> James Garretson riding a jet ski. There is, there is nothing in the universe that is better than that. I... I I thoroughly agree, but to be honest, I, I'll I'll tell you now. If we're going to continue to watch these Star Wars films, or at least this original or this second trilogy, the prequels, I don't think any of them 
are going to even register on that chart for me at all. We will see. They're I all going to be so... sub-zero. The original trilogy, definitely. I mean, I don't know if we'll get James Garrettson riding on a jet ski good. I'll have to rewatch them to, to, <laughs> to decide that. No. On this Odyssey. Um, but I think from the prequels, um, from my point of view, we might be able to get to John Reinker's cool legs. But that not, is probably the highest. It not can get uh, to. Ian, as you, as you may well know. I am a notoriously harsh rater. Okay. Eat my favorite things. My favorite things, pieces of TV in the world aren't going to get up to James Garrison level. Let's face it. That's how I rate. Okay. <laughs> that is how I rate things because I always think there's always room for improvement. Right. And I don't want to break my own scale. Okay. Well, I guess we could break the scale, but there's always room for improvement. So nothing is ever a 10 You're out You're happy 10. to break the scale on the other end. Yeah, of course. Because every there can always be something like, as awful as it can be, you can go, you know, you can go into the minus reasons. Okay. Nothing, but nothing is perfect. Something can be the absolute biggest dross in the world, but yeah, you can still get worse dross. I doubt we'll ever get anything worse than Star Wars, a Phantom Menace ever again, because it was literally the most boring two hours and 11 minutes of my 30 years on this planet. Okay. It was just nothing. I don't, I can't see it happening. But there is always room for improvement at the top end. So I am a notoriously hard rate, hard, harsh rater. So these Star Wars films are going to get the absolutely most critical judgment from me because things I like don't get that higher rating. Okay, because as I said, there's always room so for improvement. What, what I'm interested in from the Star Wars film perspective is how the newer stuff compares to this semi-new stuff the stuff compares to the prequel stuff how how the disney era compares because if you were to believe a certain portion of the geeks of the internet who grew up with episode one two and three you know as imbued into their childhood they would argue that the new the sequel trilogy is worse than the prequel trilogy i happened like instinctively i vehemently disagree and having watched phantom menace I even more disagree. Nothing. But we will see. Because as Nothing. we go through this, we, we will see how that changes. Um, I can tell you now, I don't think anything apart from the other two films in this trilogy could get as bad as what we just watched. And, I mean, it was reasonably recent that we what I watched. Well, I haven't actually seen the last of the uh, sequels saying that because i just got bored yeah. i didn't get bored i it did get nonsensical from what i remember of the last star wars film that i saw in the cinema it did i agree can it get as bad as this like i think people only think it's bad because it goes against the canon if you will of what star wars fans were expecting and it messes with it too much and goes too much into it as well but but with that said right there's there is... no way the dialogue or the acting will be as ropey as it was in this but film. Let, let's look at this, right? The special effects are going to be better. The acting has got to be better. The script must be 20,000 times better. I just... Remember, and surely it must be more exciting. Like, from what I remember, so script... I was an adult when I saw these films. Unlike the first time I saw Phantom Menace, I wasn't an adult. I was a child, right? From what I remember, yeah. I wasn't bored for the whole way through the film. And it was relatively recently. So my opinions on things are probably still along similar lines. So Yeah. 
but we'll see. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. That yeah. was exhausting. I hope you guys at home enjoyed that. Um, hopefully, our pain. Well, my pet Ian seemed quite happy to. Well, at least, you know, at least we had a good laugh along the way. I guess. Well, we had a good laugh today. Um, <laughs> last night, I did not have a good laugh. I, I was bored out of my. <laughs> I'm, what a waste! What a waste! What a waste of. I mean, you'd rather be bored than offended, right? So uh, maybe Ian, we're offended Ian, as well. That, that film. <laughs> was offensive to me it was absolutely <laughs> most okay. most offensive movie possible well actually that's that's again that you never you can never i mean i yeah we got attack of the clones to watch i guess ian i i don't yeah. know if i can i don't know if i can watch it i guess we've, we've started so we'll have to go through this why on earth we have to why on earth have you started this journey why would you put me through this this journey it will get better the more it goes on I well, promise you that. It's certainly going to make for some entertaining. Maybe. It's certainly going to make for some entertaining audio at the very least. So there you go. Thank you, Ian, for bearing with us as we go through this. And thank you out there in the universe. Ian, say goodbye to them. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Night, night, all. Goodbye, all. That was a review.